Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Hey everyone, uh, good morning. Welcome to the Kickstart Podcast presented by ProTaper Handlebars and Controls. I'm Don Maeda. We are here in uh, a lovely Airbnb in Houston, Texas with uh, Michael Antonovich, our regular co-host Alex Ray, and uh, Chase Curtis back in California is uh, unavailable, so we've got uh, Smart Top, Bullfrog Spas, Moto Concepts, Honda Rider, Brock Tickle on the line. It's going to co-host with us today. So, uh, guys, it sure is good to be back racing. Don't you agree? Feels oh, yeah. like a little bit normal again. Oh, yeah. 100%. I think, uh, well, I mean, Anton, you were in the stadium the whole day, but the pits is kind of strange now. The whole thing was weird. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel, you and I talked about it, it didn't feel like round one. felt like round 15. Yeah. Um, there was no point to even go in the pits. It sucked. You know, that's, like, the most fun thing about Anaheim 1 is, like, running around everywhere. I yeah. didn't even go out there on Saturday. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of strange because all the uh, the high-level teams had their, like, uh, windows up on their semis. Or, you know, sometimes they're opaque and other times they're just solid. Mm-hmm. Like, right, Brock, you guys had a solid red wall up, didn't you? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's pretty blocked off um, for the most part. Um, us as a team... Genova and Tony thought it was a good idea just to go stand out. Um, obviously, we can't make contact with the fans, but we stood out there for 15 minutes or so to, to greet them and if there was any questions they had for us and kind of just give them the time of the day, um, like I said, for about 15 minutes. So that was, I mean, obviously, it's more than Salt Lake, but it still is strange. Yeah, so you you guys like stood out like behind a, a, a rope or something <laughs> to go yep. answer the fans? Yep. Nice. Did you guys have your, uh, like, the full-on walls on the semi up for the COVID thing, or was it because it was a little bit cold? I think a combination of both. It was pretty windy. I mean, you guys were there. I thought it was really windy, actually. Um, It wasn't that cold, but with the wind, it made it chilly. And, yeah, they they had all the skirts up, plus the awning, plus the even the skirts that went and made it kind of like a window. Um out to the pit so um we were pretty locked in um underneath the the tent but uh yeah i mean i'm just glad to be back at racing like you said it's uh exciting for us um i enjoy this type of racing where we stay at a place for for 10 days i'm sure by saturday night i'm gonna be ready to go home but um it's cool to experience where we race and kind of enjoy um what the city has to offer and whatever else, you know what I mean? Um, different places to eat, which I love eating. So things like that are cool. <laughs> yeah. Things like that are cool. Like that cool for me to experience. Cause we usually are in and out and you don't get, well, that, at, right? I mean, if you count the years I was suspended, it'd be 15 years racing. And I did go to the races mm-hmm. the years I was suspended. You don't really experience. I never experienced the city. Like normally fly in late on Friday, eat dinner, go to the autograph signing, race on saturday fly out early sunday so 
this is cool for us, I think, as racers to, to enjoy where we actually race instead of being so in and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's cool for sure to, to get the series done in little spurts. You have like a spurt and then a week off and then another spurt. But, man, Houston kind of pales in comparison to Salt Lake. I don't know. It's very flat. Yeah. yeah, yeah very it's flat. flat. Yeah, it's flat. Yeah, have you have you experienced any, any mountain bike trails yet? No, I didn't bring my bicycle. Oh. But you know what? There is a Murray mountain bike with a kickstand in the garage of our Airbnb. You should, yeah, you should take it. I, th- uh, I think I think Pulp MX has been going and riding his mountain bike. So. Oh, yeah. He uh, he stuck his taser on the uh, HEP rig, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said he did uh, 11 miles the other day and climbed 243 feet or something. Jeez. Pretty flat. Yeah, it's flat. But, uh, but yeah, man. Uh, so, Brock. I mean, obviously, the the track was softer than expected. I think it was we weren't expecting it to be that soft. I mean, after watching press on Friday, it, it looked like they watered a lot. Um, whenever we um, were out there, the first practice. What did you think of uh, of the dirt, Brock? Are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm talking to you, dude. Uh, I mean, it was. It was soft on press day even. Like, I could tell it was going to break down. Mm-hmm. Um, the rut, it was rutted in the corners, but I don't know. Maybe you can agree or disagree. But in the rut, it was actually like a tunnel rut, and it was hard on each side, and the bumps were really, really hard. Yeah. yeah so it was it was strange in the in the corners. Um, the, the one rhythm section with the quad, um, which I didn't jump um, ever all day on Saturday, um, that section was soft. Um, obviously the whoops broke down, but overall it was a basic track, but it ended up separating a little bit. I mean, obviously I feel like maybe they held back on building something more aggressive just cause it was round one. Um, and I think we'll see, obviously the track layout is pretty similar for this next race. So we'll see, uh, how much dirt was moved. I think if they move some of the dirt to obvious, they're going to move some of the dirt, obviously to change some of it. And I think when they do that, it's going to dry it out um, a little bit more. So I think by round three here, we should be pretty, I think, pretty firm dirt-wise. That's a good point. But next week, obviously, is going to be a new experience as well because Indy's obviously soft and rutted. Yeah. Did you ever get, uh, speaking of that quad um, after the whoops, did you ever, whenever you went like on-off, did you ever get cross-rutted in that that next part, like jumping into the corner? um yes and no i mean not not terrible um i was a little patient there and i would think i was losing time there um i knew i i mean i know i was losing time there um if i were to pick one place to be better um it would be from basically that rhythm section to the finish yeah um the rest of the track i was actually really good um i had some overlay done and even in the main like i I was really close to everybody, obviously, from the finish to the to that rhythm section, basically. And honestly, it was at the tail end of that rhythm. So from the table, literally from the table to the finish, I lost most of my time. Yeah. Um, I had a tough time in that next rhythm lane. I don't know if you did either. Oh, dude. In I the was... main, I had a couple close calls on that second triple um, over the big one. Yeah, just... My just timing was a little yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah my timing sure. was a little off, so... You and me both, um, buddy. I wasn't, I wasn't tight there. So I, there were some places, um, obviously not the result I'm looking for, um, but 
Hey, Ray, you put it in the main. Hey, yeah, I know. But, dude, like you said, that, that rhythm over there, dude, you couldn't freaking – Dude, my ass was so freaking clenched all the way through that rhythm. Whatever, like, like, <laughs> the, it was like a step up, but I don't know. It like, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it wasn't the same face all the way across. So if you were trying to like pass someone, or if you were racing someone, me personally, I was nervous to hit it on the left side where there was no ruts because I didn't know if I would get the pop that I needed like on the right side. Yeah, well, and that's my problem. I've been working on, obviously, you've seen a little bit of what I've been working on with Randy Lawrence is squirting in the rhythms and working on stuff I'm not really the best gouging on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something you're very good at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in that rhythm, I was trying to gouge it, but my timing was off. Like, I just could not do it. Yeah. Um, that. that first, the first triple in that rhythm was small. Mm-hmm. So when I gouged on that one, I would over jump and then. You know what I mean? It was kind of one of those things. My timing was just a little off um, in that rhythm. So, um, yeah, for myself, I'm looking forward to round two here. I think I'm in a good place. Um, like I said, I, I know I have the speed. I just need to connect all the dots um, for myself starting yeah. starting at practice one. And I so, think that goes hand in hand with everybody. So are you um, saying that uh, Randy wants you to do some hammer gassing? <laughs> what's that hammer gassing the hammer gas <laughs> yeah he's trying to get yeah he's he wants you to ride with more aggression and less yeah tip I mean, of precision right? speed. yes exactly like be a little bit more explosive yeah gout yeah gouge on the throttle a little low <laughs> i mean obviously obviously that's a big strength of mine is being consistent and what i've been working on i think if i can master it it's going to be something that will be natural and will be what I'm good at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's the goal for me. I want to race those guys, and um, the, the class is obviously stacked. Um, it's it's pretty obvious. Um, and the uh, intensity up front is no joke. So <laughs> yeah. the goal is to, to start up there um, starting in the first practice and let it all fall into place and give myself a shot. Um, obviously starting 19th or 20th isn't going to give myself a shot. Okay, Brock, you, uh, you're on the team and the team manager is kind of like the Zen master of all starts, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought, I thought you were going to get some hole shots this year. I was waiting for a great shot, great start out of you because well, it's the fucking first round. Dude. Yeah, I know, but he, but he's, <laughs> he's managed by, by Tony Alessi and like the whole juju is right there and you know. Well, I mean, give it some time. I mean, we have three races. I mean, in have a week. you have you uh, worked on your starts with the crew at MCR? Well, that's what's kind of deflating is I I've made so much progress on that side of things with Tony and with changing some things on the bike that suit me, um, which Tony requested and told was on the table to help me. And certain guys obviously start different. Um, they need a certain feel and. He understands that, so we changed a couple things. And the last, literally, the last three weeks, my starts went from on this bike being not so good to to like where it was easy. And I got behind the gate. Um, a Ray can maybe, I mean, all all you anybody who lines up on the gate can maybe um, understand is like when I got behind the gate. There's all everybody else revving the bike, and the things I 
were, was practicing at home, there's nothing going on around me. I was able to focus on what I'm doing, and especially if I you're, kinda, you're, yeah, especially if you're on the gate next to Rod Bell because he holds his bike wide open. So yeah, I, yeah, I just basically didn't execute what I've been practicing, and yeah. that that's point blank. So I know what I need to do. Um, it's not complicated, but it is difficult in race situation, but that's something for me to recognize and, and apply when we go racing tomorrow. Hey, you know, I, uh, I didn't make it out into the little photographer's box before the start and the, mm-hmm. and the, and the, the girl with the helmet on, that was a super Nazi. She wouldn't let me go out there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ah, there's nowhere to really shoot the start if you're not out there. Yeah. So I stood Next in the main, I started. I stood right where Vince Freezy was on the. He was all the way on the inside. When he was slamming the handlebars. Well, no, I watched him. Right, he twitches a whole bunch, but he doesn't do the steering lock slam anymore. Mm. I saw him. I saw him moving it a couple times. Yeah, I, I saw him moving it a couple times. I was like, oh, here it comes. Here mm-hmm. comes the big slam, and he never did it. Hmm. Tick, have you guys talked to Vince about that? Because like his technique is way different than anybody else's. He's almost straight up and down on the start. Yeah, and I think that's. That's what I've learned. Um, and he's I've a very low RPM, too. Mm-hmm. Very low RPM. Yeah, so that's that's something I've learned by watching. That's something Tony and I have worked on, finding the RPM that works for me and the technique that feels comfortable and that I can master. And that's what it's about um, from his side is obviously controlling the power is number one. Um, our bike, engine-wise, XPR is done. I mean, the bike is really, really good um, engine-wise. And for the start, but you have to you have to find out what works for you because mm-hmm. the power is there. So um, for me, like I said, I I wasn't doing what I practiced, and the, as soon as I let the clutch out, I was if I would have just let it eat, I would have done a backflip on the gate. <laughs> <laughs> so um, obviously, you've been working with with Randy a little bit, uh, Randy Lawrence. So how did you feel coming into the main event? Obviously. I know you personally. We hang out a bunch, and uh, you've been doing some late night training um, to get ready for the main event. So, how did how did that help? Did it did it change anything? Honestly, honestly, I was a little nervous. Yeah, ever since I got COVID, uh, it was the twentieth of the twenty first, actually, of uh, December. So, right before Christmas. Um, yeah, I um, I haven't felt that good since I got back on the bike, and even training wise, um, I struggled with lungs burning and um yeah just a little bit of not obviously it felt like i didn't i haven't trained for for three or four months at a time um even on the dirt bike so i was pretty winded doing my motos doing my sprints doing my intervals on the bike and even doing the gym training sessions um and that wasn't normal for me so i was a little concerned um coming into the race but I knew I did the work, and I know my strength is always pulling through whenever whenever it's time to. Um, and actually, in the main event, during practice, during the heat race, like I felt I felt really good. So um, I'm glad I showed up and I, it went well on that side of things be just because of the scenario. So mm-hmm. for me, it's, uh, it's nice to know that I've stepped up to the plate, actually, because it was actually, like I said, it was just really uncomfortable doing motos and doing my sprints and nothing really felt that good. And I put myself in a situation of being uncomfortable as well. So, um, yeah. So, uh, 
season opener is always kind of weird, right? Like the results are hit usually all over the unique, place, yeah. right? Like so, like you got like Barsha has won three in a row now. Um, Tomac and Webb were nowhere where I expected them to be. Um, was it a weird, as weird a vibe and, and feeling here at H1 as it would have been at A1 for you guys? Like, I, I talked to guys, and they even said it was like Salt Lake City, where when we went to those first races in Utah, because it was completely different, dudes thought it was like a practice day, and they didn't have the race outlook. Mm-hmm. There were a couple guys that said that that was a problem in qualifying, but then once the night came around, they're like, oh, shit, we got to go. Like, there was actually a lot less pressure than, than Anaheim 1, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, for me, personally, it felt it felt different. It felt like just like just another race. I don't know if it's because my it's my 10th year, and I've been here since NAM, but <laughs> like... I don't know. It just, it just it didn't feel like Anaheim one to me. Nothing felt like it. I mean, because you don't you don't have the track walk, you don't have the fans, you don't have all that shit. You just you like go, you look at the track, by. you just go, you look at the track, and then you go down there, you do two side laps, and then you start jumping shit. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just uh, for me, it was it felt totally different. Yeah, I'll agree. I mean, it's not Anaheim one, but it's not the feeling of Anaheim one. Um, honestly, I mean, I think most people can agree that lived or. Obviously, most of us that live in Southern California are obviously have done this for a while, and it do, it's not going to feel the same, um, let's be honest, without fans, um, without – I don't really honestly like A1, to be honest, just because <laughs> it's so many people. Like, nothing against my friends or anybody else who wants tickets in the local area for the, for those races. There's, it's I, a lot. It's, it's just the, it's a lot of – it's a lot of, like – extra stress that really is not needed to be honest um obviously it becomes natural i mean don maybe you can even chime in on that i mean for you i'm sure you have people hitting you up to get tickets oh dude around you're running around with yeah (laughs) i used to change my voicemail hey it's don what's up if you're calling for tickets answer is (laughs) no yeah dude anaheim one like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, for whatever reason, people you haven't talked to in nine months just come yeah. flying oh, out of the Oh, dude, yeah, it, it's crazy. To be honest, I'll agree with Tickle there. I like, I like pretty much just going to a city that I know no one. I can just, just go to my hotel and chill, like by myself. Boom, nothing. Like I, I'm a homebody, just chilling in uh, indoors. Just yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Is the is the fan thing? Fans are cool. We need fans, obviously, yes. for the yeah. sport, right? But as a racer on race day. Fans are kind of a pain in the ass, right? Because, I mean, you're working. You're yeah. trying to work, and you're trying to be in the zone and everything, and people and asking for jerseys and... Telling you how much your fantasy team's going to suck because of you, all that shit. Yeah, yeah and yeah, asking yeah, if you exactly. found your silencer and... Fuck. Well, but I, I mean, I, obviously, we don't want to make it bigger or take more days away out of the week, but it would be really rad if there was a way we could do... I don't know. Maybe it's Sunday racing. I don't know. But if we could do a fan fest with the fans on the day before the race. Um, you know what I mean? And it's two separate. I mean, it's, it's adding another day, like I said, but it would be rad to interact with the fans and not have the pressure of racing within, within a short period of time. Um, Mm -hmm. and then the fans show up on race day and then they just go to the stands. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I agree with that. It's, it's, it's obviously another day added, but, it would be cool for the fans and it would be a little bit better for us. And obviously the fans want to interact with us as much as they can. And I think a lot of the, the guys that are, the guys that are going out, especially the guys towards the end of the season that are going out for the championship, I believe they get misjudged a lot. And I think you guys from the media can, can relate to this. Um, 
that they're dickheads because they didn't come and sign autographs or they didn't take the time to sign this thing for my kid. And, mm-hmm. um, I understand it. Cause when you're under the gun, I mean, those guys that are going for the championship at the end of the year are getting paid a lot of money mm-hmm. and they're expected to win. And when it comes to that pressure, like it's full focus. Like obviously there are some guys that handle it better than others, but I think the guys that, that, that kind of stray away from interacting or not taking an autograph or giving an autograph to a kid, like get misjudged to be honest. And yeah. How are you? This, how are you at Las Vegas the day you won the title? It, that was weird. I mean, if you go back and watch that race, I mean, I'm no, I mean, I don't know how many of you guys have, I mean, anybody listening, it's even for me, like I get nervous watching it because I put myself, I'm, I'm what like year was in it? the most, 11, 2011. Oh, I was there. You can watch it. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, and I was like in the worst nerve-wracking situation the whole race. Me and Tomac basically had to beat each other. Whoever mm-hmm. beat each other, beat one another, won won the championship. And him and I started nine ten, mm-hmm. and we we battled the whole race. And it was a battle between everybody in front of us as well because at that time, Kyle Cunningham was riding good. Ken Roxon was on his way up and gaining confidence his first year. Um, you had Tyla and Josh and um, Cole Seeley. Um, yeah, I mean, the class was – we were there was not a standout rider for the most part that year, and I think that's what made it difficult at that race. But for me, when I was in the moment – when I went to Vegas, I knew I was winning that race mm-hmm. or not winning the race, but I knew I was going to come away with the championship subconsciously. And that was now that I look back, like I was in, like I said, a nerve wracking situation and mm-hmm. it didn't even phase me. So how were you with the fans that day? Were they a pain in the ass? Cause you were trying to focus or were you no, like, I've always been pretty good with it. Like if I see a kid who wants an autograph, I'll step out of the way and, and make it happen. Um, because to a certain sense, I feel like giving back gives you a little bit of, uh, a sense of well being, um, a good, good sense of well being. And, um, I was one of those kids that when I went to the Atlanta's when I was younger or went to an outdoor national, like, I would not, I was, so, I was so shy. I would not even go in the autograph line, even though I really wanted to just because I was that shy. So if I even see one of those kids, um, obviously you have some kids that are really pushy, but if I see one of those kids that looks like, or I can relate to the way he is, I always try to step forward and, and be that guy that welcomes him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ticks, I was there that night, got wheel spin before that big-ass triple out of that 90. Big A-Ray on a little bike. Didn't work out. I cased the shit out of that thing. Broke my thumb, dude. Yeah, that triple was pretty big, actually. Yeah, and you're 250 thick on a small bike. It ain't it ain't working. Was that when you were wearing pink JT? No, this was the year before. I was wearing pink fly gear. And, um, I, dude, they watered right before our practice. I did not. I mean, I was, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't even close to making it, so I was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, getting to uh, yesterday's race, or Saturday's race, dude, how, how big was the pressure on Barsha to pull this off after that whole uh, Red Bull, Troy Lee, 
A1 stuff. <laughs> I would right? say a lot. I would say, yeah. Yeah. He downplayed it, like, really, really well. Like, didn't mm-hmm. really make mention of it and, like, joked about it. In that Motospy video that comes out, you see him casing that big airbag jump, and mm-hmm. it's just full, like, like, head, you know. Yeah, sketchy. Um, But I think it was huge, and he rode great. You know, okay, watching Friday Media Day, and A-Ray, you guys didn't ride. Tick, you rode. Nobody seemed like in the 450 class like they were pushing it. It was just kind of like cruising and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So going into Saturday, I was like, how's this going to be? Because you didn't really have a gauge of everyone. Bro, he was he was on it. And his heat race, like watching it now, he is – I've never seen anybody ride a KTM-style bike as aggressively as he is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what, though, on the media day footage that you gave me that I edited, there's so many clips – where there's like a 450 guy cruising and Barsha just comes and goes, yeah, <laughs> charges through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think like Barsha was probably riding a little harder than the other guys on. But Friday. I feel like Barsha doesn't ride just mellow ever. I don't think. Yeah. I think it's whenever he's riding, he's always just wide clawed. So dude, at the at the Gas Gas Media Day in California, mm-hmm. I filmed them for two laps. We put a two lap video up and I only heard one like slight you know, air rev mm-hmm. that he's so well known for. Right. Yeah. So I was like, Oh dude, maybe he changed his whole style or whatever. But I mean, it's hard to tell in during the race cause it's so loud in the stadium and all, but you, you said he was riding like that again. Well, I mean, I don't, I didn't really, I watched the race. It just looked like he was pushing. I couldn't really hear the yeah. revs or whatever, but I mean, I'm sure, I mean, dude, honestly, if, whenever the gate drops, everything goes out the window. See, it didn't like I had earplugs in, so it's yeah. harder to hear. Mm-hmm. but it didn't sound like it was on the rev limiter all the time, but watching the video, he looks like he is trying his ass off. Like, the yeah. bike comes out of the corners, it's bouncing everywhere. When he's going into turns, it's chattering. He's moving everywhere, so it looks like the thing should be blowing up at any second. And then you have Ken 10 feet behind him just just swooping be, in and out. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't even think that he's the worst one like no, that revs. Because, dude, I don't know if you guys ever listened to Zacco. Mm-hmm. Zacco is bad at revving the shit out of his bike. I mean, I don't know if Brock, if you can agree with this or not, but Zacho's terrible at freaking revving. The I shit mean, out of I his think, bike. I think what's helping Barsha on that is I think, uh, he needed a change. Number one, we all know this. Um, I was around him during the summer and I said this to some media people that I've talked to that I was blown away by Barsha. Like the guy, is gnarly like dude hey was he he's had yeah <laughs> was he still like changing shit and like writing completely different settings in between motos uh they did do some changes here and there but i think it was more thought about we had a a solid group that was controlling um and helping direct um i think maybe a little more than whenever you were um with yamaha i would say i, was I don't there. know for sure he was yeah. like podiuming like races whenever I was there in 18, like he would be like, and then just come in and they would just throw something at the bike and change it completely. And he would just ride at the next moto like that. They, I don't even know if he knew what direction they were going. They would just throw shit at the bike. It seemed like, I'm like, what the fuck? I haven't changed my bike at all. Like what? And they're just like trying like everything, like putting new forks on his bike and just go out there and ride it. I'm like, race it like that. I'm like, dude, that's crazy. And I to think me. what helps, I think what helps, um, maybe the noise like what you said don you saw you got the two lap video of mm-hmm. him um you're going from a yamaha which Barsha <laughs> always revved it, even on the honda yamaha's you know are loud I mean? when he raced yamaha's are extremely loud um the ktm uh, gas gas husky the setup i've rode the bike it is quiet and 
Um, so comparing that, that alone is going to make it sound a little different. And then going back to, to how, how we ride, like, obviously I know what my strengths are. You know how Barsha races, you know how Tomac races, you know how Zacco rides. Like you have a group of guys that are hammerheads. You have a group of guys that are methodical. You have a group of guys that are a mixture of both, but that's, what's gnarly with the class right now. You have, <laughs> there's, I mean, everybody on the gate in the main is gnarly, but you have, I don't know if, I don't know who's, if anybody's done the numbers, but if you take anybody who's ever even been on the podium counting lights class or, or vice versa, even in 450, like it's, it's gnarly. There's 14 champions in the starting lineup for the main event. Yeah. 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 So th- the numbers are, <laughs> the numbers are there. <laughs> I think it's probably just me and seven deuce deuce are the only people who haven't been on a podium. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, if you count Brand- Brandon has a podium, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that's you're right. That's everyone. That's ev- and I'm pretty yeah. sure Vince has been on the podium in lights. Yep. He in has lights. in the lights yeah. class, yep. So, yeah, everyone. Hmm. Except for me and Deuce. <laughs> Do we need to drop you down to a 250 next year? Dude, I, have, I would no. ride the shit out of a 250, bro. I don't know. I mean, Avery, I, I would honestly like to – I would honestly like to see you on a – Really good 250 race Supercross on a 250. I right? think you. I Don't think, you think he rides better on an underpowered bike? Honestly, honestly, you you would gain confidence. I think, um, yeah. or I, without a doubt, you would gain confidence. Um, you would, because it's hard for you right now. Like I'll I'll agree. Like even like Brandon coming in. Obviously, I know Brandon. I know you. Um, I mean, we were lining up for the main event, like talking to each other a little bit, and Brandon's like, "Yo." This track or this this field is like it's fucked. These guys are gnarly, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, he was he was blown away, and you know, in his first 450 race, and like he's like, dude, I respect the fuck out of you guys. This is gnarly. He's like, the track is more chewed up, the bike's more powerful, all the guys are freaking here to freaking do work, and the intensity's high. Everything. It's sort of, it was, well, it was, yeah. And that's another thing, like, I don't think maybe the fans, maybe, I mean, maybe you guys see it at, at the way the track develops, but no matter what type of dirt we're on, that race after 27 laps or whatever we did is going to be hammered. And that's one thing in the lights class. When you hit the track for the main, the track is brand new. Yeah. And by the time your main's done, you have 250s, um, obviously not as much torque. Uh, so obviously the track gets beat up, but it's another level on a 450. Yeah, it's cooked. It's I mean, there's there's freaking plywood showing. There, you're down to the floor. There's kickers. Yep. There's deep ruts. You're hanging your foot peg on shit. Like everything. I mean, even even when you watch it on TV, it does it does it no justice. Like I've watched the race, um, obviously um, from Saturday, and it does it no justice on the way it feels and the way it is to ride it. It's mm-hmm. it's very different than what it looks like. Being on the floor and like watching, and I've noticed this for the last few years. And, and Brock, to your point, how much you guys move off of those main lines and then start cutting down, like. The hairpin, the 180 turns right now, they're so point and shoot, and the lines are so down low. Mm-hmm. It's unreal to see how much you guys are able to like set it up and then keep moving, and then other guys will go all the way to the top and then just ride the tough blocks all the way yeah. down. Like everybody's moving the entire time. Yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, so Brock, how was uh, how was your suspension um, on Saturday? Did you have to make any changes, everything, or did you hit it pretty much on the money? Uh, I haven't changed much overall in the off season um, to go to that point as well. Um, I've tried to just learn how to ride the bike. Obviously, these guys had 
a solid year last year um, with their guys. Um, and I know Tony, and I know they know what they're doing. Um, Tony's obviously done this for a long time and at a high level um, and understands how important it is. So I just rode the bike in the off season, maybe made some small adjustments to try to fine tune it 10, 15% for me. Um, uh, I was, I was decent, but going back to that, I, I, um, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't truly focused on myself. I, that's what I struggled with. I wasn't, I wasn't zoned in and I, that's what, that's the focus for, for this race tomorrow is to focus completely on myself, put myself in a situation to mix it up with these guys. And that's going to start in the first practice. I need to get out front with these guys and I have what it takes to run with them. I just need to go and do it and give myself that, that edge. Mm -hmm. Hey, so uh, Friday night, I joined you guys at the uh, MCR season kickoff dinner. And it's kind of funny how like, you know, Vince is obviously the, the veteran on the team. He's been there the longest. I think the other three guys are, you guys are all new. But he was like the brunt of a lot of uh, Genova's jokes. He's like the team whipping boy, right? So then yep. Saturday rolls around. He's top finisher on the team. Was he walking around with his chest puffed out? No, you know, I actually, I'm really impressed. Like, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to expect um, after my race. Obviously, I wasn't happy. Um, and obviously, I want to be the best guy on the team. That's that's what all of us want to be. Um, Hell yeah. Um, so for me after the race, I was like, what do, what do, what do I expect in this meeting we're about to have? Um, and I just kind of sat there and let, let Tony and Genova do what they do. And I honestly am this, this is a good environment for me. Um, very constructive criticism, um, laid up with giving us direction on what we should do next. And, everything that was said was to the T of what I believe in. Hmm. And I, I really, really, I, I thrive, I'm going to thrive off this. Um, it was, it was great. Like I said, obviously not the results, but the way the approach that they have to racing is what I'm looking for. Um, obviously there's let's, let's take for instance, any of those guys that have won a championship. Um, you guys know who they are. They didn't finish that far ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine the pressure? And I've been there. I know what it feels like. I've been at KTM. I've been at RCH where, like, RCH was probably obviously better um, than than some of the places I've been. But KTM, for instance, like, if I flipped roles and think if I was on factory KTM and I went and did that, and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Jason Anderson was two spots ahead of me. Like, okay, if I, like... I would feel like I would have got reamed, you know what I mean? And not even, not even reamed. I just felt like I probably would have got reamed mm -hmm. because of the situation. Yeah. And it was very, like I said, it was so constructive. And the goal for us is to be at every single race and be in the mix. Like, mm -hmm. and obviously I have my own goals, but that being the layup for what I want to do is slide is going to slide me right into, to where I want to be. It's a good um, environment to be around for approach. success. Yeah. Yeah to approach because i i'm not an 18 year old kid that needs to learn or needs to be pushed i just need to be guided and told i'm doing the right thing or hey you need to do you should try this this is what you should do the next race in practice you, you know what i mean kind of open my mind 
to what I'm capable of because that's what it comes down to. I think when you have somebody of my nature who's done this for a long time is is just keep the book open. Don't close your mind to to oh shit, I got 18. Let's take what what you did good and then let's work on the things you didn't do good by mm-hmm. doing this. This is what you should work on for the next race and let's move forward. And that's badass. Um I think with the I mean I don't think I know with how stacked it is and with that pressure elsewhere um on the other teams um there I mean it's going to happen. There's going to be guys that push it too hard and going to put themselves vulnerable to to making mistakes and um possibly missing some races due to silly silly crashes or incidents along the track which i'm not saying i'm i need to go out there and just be safe um by any means but um it's gonna happen mm-hmm. um and that's the goal for moto concepts is to to have all of us at the races and be competitive run up front and if it's an eighth that night and you felt like you left everything on the table then it's it's exactly what we came here to do cool cool that's awesome. Now, has Genova given you his opinion on outdoors yet? Have you talked to him about that? Because <laughs> I know yeah, I. Yeah. So <laughs> the goal, the goal, yeah. Tony, Tony's kind of organized that with us, and that's who's talked to us mostly about it. Um, obviously, I've talked to Genova multiple times on the phone with Tony, conference call style. And the goal is to regroup. Um, Tony's obviously got some things moving now for outdoors, but the goal is to regroup about halfway through the season, see where our minds are at. Um, and Genova, obviously, you can tell um, Don and um, maybe Michael, you can too. But he just loves to go racing, and that's why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. And For sure. he has a pride. In, he has a pride in that. He wouldn't be doing this if if it was any other way. So if we can go, uh, if we're all in it, uh, ready to go racing outdoors, and we want to go be competitive, and they're they're in. And obviously, it has to make sense for all of us, but that's going to be reevaluated halfway through the season and then make a final call about, you know what I mean? Before we head to Salt Lake, have a plan. Like mm-hmm. I agree either we're going yeah. or we're not. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know, I know like in the past he's, he's, um, he's made his opinions about outdoors to me and it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's funny sometimes, but you know, I, like you said, he does love to go racing. So uh, I'm, ex- I'm curious to see, you know, what, what you guys uh, do outdoors for sure. If you guys do go racing outdoors. Yeah, and I, the first day I rode the bike, I rode it even with Supercross suspension on outdoors, and I, 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 I believe this thing set up for outdoors could be really, really, really good. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, main focus now. I just want to, I want to get in the mix. Like, if I, if I put myself in that position to to fight with these guys, that that's what I want, and then let things fall into place. Um, that's the goal for me. Who does Ken Roxon, Jay Sexton, Hunter Lawrence, Jet Lawrence, Mitch Evans, and four-time world champion Tim Geiser turn to for power? Yoshimura, since 1954. Since 2005, Risk Racing has been a leading innovator within the motocross industry, all while doing it in their own unique way. Whether you are looking for the premier motocross transport system, the Lock and Load Pro, or the EZ Utility Jug, the fuel can of choice for me, SGB Racing's Alex Ray. Risk Racing is there to be your go-to motocross shopping destination. Head over to riskracing.com today and see their entire product line. Use code SWAP at checkout to receive 15% off the entire purchase. 
Hey everyone, Don Moyetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge Hubs, the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next, cleaning air filters or changing oil. Tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey, what's up guys? This is Connor Erickson, but you probably know me best as Buttery Films. Temecula T-Shirt Printers handles all of my merch needs and also services many other big players in motocross. Whether you're starting a brand or just want some team t-shirts printed, there's no one that does better work or has a service as good as these guys. Check them out online at TemeculaT-ShirtPrinters.com. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world. Period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota of Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Hey, so guys, 450 class, and we obviously touched on Barsha winning. What, okay, Anton, what was the biggest surprise of the 450 class for you? Um, I mean, everybody's going to say it, but I, like, we know Eli makes weird things at the first race mm-hmm. you know he's he's crashed he's broke his pants he hurt his shoulder he had all that stuff the retaliation shit on vince i do not understand why he did that like going into that turn when him and vince went down the first time he caught vince by a lot in the whoops leading up to that and then cut down in the turn and got him and then they click wheels and then they both go down so whatever like shit happens to then bump him off the track like a few laps later and then lose two more positions because of that i'm like what the fuck are you doing Mm-hmm. You know, like, that was completely unexpected, um, and I would think that was the biggest thing. Like, Zach hitting Cooper going into the first turn, that sucked. He had a terrible jump out of the gate, hits Cooper going in, goes down, tries to rally, and I think that was pretty deflating after how good that heat race was because mm-hmm. he was on the move. Like, he was using lines that Cooper wasn't using. He was hooking up really, really well. I think he's going to be the big question mark going into Tuesday, especially because Friday was terrible. 
you know, when yeah. the bike cut out, and then he crashed and tweaked his knee a little was bit. Was it a cutout, or did he miss a shift? Uh, no, it was a cutout. Was a cutout. Yeah, you oh. can hear that damn thing on the video. It's like... <laughs> yeah, so, like, you had all that, and kind of wasn't all that tangy during time qualifying either, but, dude, there were 14 guys in within 44 seconds, you mm-hmm. know, within one second of each other. I think the EY thing is just going to be the biggest question mark because everybody thought he had gotten past that last year, and here it is again. Yeah. So, well, um, yeah, I, for, I mean, for, for me, I thought it was, it was Muscan on the freaking podium. I, that's for dude, me. He, he was going fast, too. Was he? No, dude, I wasn't surprised by that at all because I saw him in Florida just crushing it. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, Marv, Marv um, I think has I, – I mean, I don't think. I obviously was teammates with him, and I've rode with him. He He's gnarly. Like, on days when he's on-on, you're like, holy cow. Like, where is that coming from? Like, me and Zach would – obviously, he was lights whenever we would do motos together. But, like, he would beat us, like, by quite a bit sometimes. And me and Zach would just battle, like, basically. So, I've seen him on, and it's it's ridiculous. And – I think I've seen that along with Jason as well down there. I think that's what's gnarly about what's going on. Like that, that 5% you're off is it could be the difference between you finishing on the podium or 12, Mm -hmm. like for instance. So I think that's, what's tough. And going back to what you said about Tomac, I mean, I know we all do silly things in, in the heat of the moment, but that was like you said that was very i I don't want to say this in a bad way but it was immature Mm -hmm. it was racing immature like to do that and Mm -hmm. he like you said he lost two positions and probably four or five seconds because of what he did there like even the one when he bumped him off before the mechanics area he's looking over at vince and just like watching him instead of like looking forward like clean him and then just keep going and it was just like whoa and Vince you know, is probably over there with his hands the up. Path. Like, what? Well, I didn't do anything. I didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. do anything. <laughs> and, like, I get it with Vince because if you watch, like, those first few laps, Vince got a great start like he always does. And Vince, like, you know, he throws the back end around a little bit, like, over jumps, and, and he's really, really defending his line. But he's not – I mean, you guys race with him. Yeah, he has I that mean, reputation. Yeah, of course. But I don't think he's had, like, the dumb moves that he had five years ago. No. And, and obviously, Brock, I mean, we've seen him – we've seen him a lot at the track. You have – You've been riding with him in the whole off season. That fucker can sprint, dude. Mm-hmm. Whenever that gate drops, my guy's he, riding, dude. He's riding Vince good. Is riding good. Yeah, he's riding really good. Like when that gate drops, he's sprinting, and whenever he's like locked in and in the fucking zone, he's going fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then okay, and like not to bag on Tomac the whole time. So Zach goes down in the first turn, gets up dead last, yeah. starts coming back. Him and Eli, like, linked up for a little bit, and then he just kind of got clear of it and didn't even worry about it anymore. Like, those two were bar-to-bar for a bit, and I'm like, okay, well, how's this going to go? And I think that's going to be the big precedent for what guy recovers on Tuesday. I mean, you guys, okay. A-Ray, if you don't have a good A1 and Brock, same thing for you. You have seven days for this thing to just sit on your mind and just wait it out and stress it out. How nice is it to come into Tuesday and know tomorrow you get a second chance? Dude, it's freaking crazy. Like, uh, two days off of it, it feels kind of like nothing, to be honest. Like, it doesn't feel like that much time. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going racing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Shit sucks. I mean, not really. It doesn't suck, but it's definitely a lot different. I mean, mm-hmm. like, if you, yeah, you would have crashed. Yeah, it's a flip of the switch. If you would have crashed at Anaheim 1 and you and you have a little nagging injury, you could, you could very well not be feeling very good for Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Anton, with what you're saying, I think it's like for me, obviously, it's great. Like, I, I didn't have the race I wanted. Tomac didn't have the race he wanted. 
we have we only have two days to think about it. There's no overthinking it. Yeah, you're not gonna let it just sit there and just rot your. <laughs> There's mind one off. focus. There's one focus, and it, you only got two days to worry about it. You mm-hmm. you find out what you need to work on, and you go along along your day instead of okay, it's Monday. I need to have a good week. You go do your motos. You have a good day or a bad day, whatever. It, and then it, it could either spiral out or spiral in. And then you also have your flight normally on Friday. And obviously we're thinking like that's, I think that's us as racers. We think, mm-hmm. and I think it, it could be good or bad. Um, and I think um, a lot of it comes to controlling your emotions. And I think that goes back to, to what, what it takes to be, really good at what you do um and that's that's tough in this sport i think more guys will be charged up for tomorrow than they were saturday i like, think so too yeah so like you have like all these guys that kind of had an off night right at, at h1 you get tomac zach webb like anderson yeah, yeah anderson like are all these guys gonna just well pal come back and be where we're used to seeing them you think or is like, there somebody who's going to have two shitty races and be like, well, uh, people are just going to write them off, you think? I think, I mean, there's already people that are going to write people off after the first race. That's how this sport is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sucks. You know, but then I, I think, too, getting through these first three races, like you have to, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but I've looked at these first three races in Houston as just one round within themselves. Like mm-hmm. if you can get through these first ones and you're good, then you go on to Indy and you have the next thing going on. But you really, really have to make it a point to build onto this Tuesday and then into next Saturday. Yeah, they should do like it's all. It all relates back to to I could relate it to life. Whenever you've had bad times or good times, like you, you got to start somewhere. And if you build that next step and you take another step, it takes off. Like it's easy. Yeah. But like, if you can control your emotions, know what you're there for, focus on what you need to you can make those steps and it seems easy but at this level the pressure all the above like it can be very difficult Mm -hmm. yeah i agree okay so uh 250 class biggest surprises what do you think anton for me for me i I said this to you guys earlier for me it was volan because the dude's like fucking 12 years old okay (laughs) and like straight out of b class a lot of like mixed hype on him too because I even asked him in the press conference that we did earlier this week, I'm like, hey, you're coming in like any rookie on a factory bike comes in and they're like, you're expected to be at like the James or the Adam level where you need to win your first race or whatever. He doesn't have that pressure. No, he's like, hey, they said top 10. Homie got ninth. I think he crushed it. Yeah, he did solid. Yeah. And I, I didn't see any big like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I oh shit moment. Nothing like that. He looked um, racy too, mm-hmm. like, which was, which was good. I mean, obviously a tick off of, from where like, like Forkner and and shit. I mean, he should be. You know, yeah. He should be a tick off. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you look at the results, he finished right there, like with the at sort of like maybe at the end of the the factory guys. You know, I would I would assume. I think the only non factory guy that beat him, I think, was uh, Oldenburg. Yeah, uh, I would say Colt. Colt was good. He was really yeah. really fast, quiet. He I mean, if we just watched the heat race, now he made a lot of passes in those first few laps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, and Colt started the main like. Way back at the back, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Colt, I I think he was probably like one of the biggest surprises because we all talked like. Well, I've been hearing a lot of stuff about him in the off season too. Killing it, yeah, yeah. Him, him and Craig, I hear that they've been they've been crushing it at the practice track. Mm -hmm. Like Don and I were in the photo den 
after time qualifying was over, and everybody's like in pretty much unanimous agreement, Christian's going to win his heat race, and then we'll see what happens in the main event. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was kind of a given. RJ was good. He had been on Christian's rear fender all day Friday, though, too, and then all through those qualifying sessions. Like, he linked up with Christian knowing that was the guy to follow. Mm-hmm. So we knew that was coming, but uh, I think it'll be more interesting to see what happens on Saturday, too, because all those guys have to regroup, and, and they have way less chances than you guys have to make points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it just me, or is freaking R.J. Hampshire just, like, he go for it? He goes for it. Like, he doesn't care what the outcome is. Like, he's either going to die or he's going to do it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Like I feel like these guys. That's his style, <laughs> dude. It's crazy. I mean, like I get a bad rap, you know, because I'm that way sometimes. But I feel like holy shit. I mean, I obviously don't have the camera on me as much as R.J. Hampshire does. Thank God. But like, holy cow, it's either do or die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what though? And when he has like issues, they're not the big oh my god moments. It's mm-hmm. just like he washed the front end out. Front end yeah. got light and then pushed away. But yeah. then him wheel tapping that. And then Indonesia and then yeah, Indonesia. and then he rode it out and it was no problem. Crazy. <laughs> You're just like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll agree with you, A Ray. I mean, the Volan thing, I I was like, man, I hope they're not throwing him into this like too early because obviously he has a lot of talent. Um, yeah, and, it, and that raced, much pressure can he make or break somebody. That Loretta's like, geez. <laughs> yeah. not, that hasn't happened in, uh, I mean, shoot, since I turned pro, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, somebody turning pro that quick. So. That was impressive. Obviously, Christian, like I'm gonna, I'm pumped for him because that was impressive. I mean, he put it all together, and mm-hmm. it was, it was solid. And you could see that, you could feel the, you could feel the confidence um, yeah. as a racer. I could feel it, and just by watching him, you could just see it. It was steaming off of his helmet. I and think. Uh, I think that's a good thing. Do you think uh, that little tip over in the heat race and passing RJ back? I think that was very good for his confidence going into the main. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, I think there's going to be, like I said, there, there's, there's, it's not, I can compare it to the 450 class a little bit. Um, but I would say Colt is obviously not done. Forkner's not done there. I feel like an RJ aren't done. Like those four guys aren't done. Mm. Um, and I think it's going to be important for, uh, in Christian's position to, to get good starts again. And, to put himself in this situation to do it because I feel like right now he is probably the best. I mean, he is the best guy after obviously Saturday, but the other guys I feel like can disrupt that as well. If I'm standing on a, on a fence, um, saying that, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's where all those other guys, if they, if they want a shot at this, they have to, they have to step up. And I feel like all those guys aren't going to give up on it. Yeah. 100%. I feel hey, that. hey, Tick, how old are you now? 31. 31. Okay, so Christian's 29. So he's racing against Joe, who's like 18 or 17 or something. Mm-hmm. And and I, th- yep. I think RJ's in his 20s. But he's racing. His main competitors are all young guys, right? Is there yep. an advantage to the maturity and the race experience that Christian has? Or is it a disadvantage because he's not, you know, young and, you know, just hanging out guy? I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, this is a. I mean, I'll just say it. This is a huge statement, but this is this is Christian's year to win. Yeah. He's he is gnarly on the bike. He's done a lot of racing. He's done well. He put it together on Saturday completely. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he made a mistake in the heat race, and I was like, "Oh shit! Here goes maybe his ninth. Like I, that's what I thought in my head. 
And then he got up, passed RJ back, won the heat race, won the main event, and controlled controlled everything about Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, I feel like he's in the driver's seat completely. Completely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, uh, <laughs> talk about an emotional win, though, huh? Dude, holy cow. Yeah, I mean. I mean you could feel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, dang, like that. That hits hard, you know what I mean? I mean, he's he's been through some stuff. I mean, he's been through some injuries, teams. Dude, how many times uh, been has he been? Time. How many times has he been poised to do very, very well? And then wash the front or Injur- do something breaks stupid. Breaks his hand. Yeah, breaks mm-hmm. his hand. Yeah. And little breaks. Yeah. Boxer's factor. Yeah. 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 Crazy. I felt really bad for uh, for Christian and his family that because of the COVID thing, mm-hmm. Jagger, Lennon, and Paige couldn't be on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So he was sitting there by himself doing the ugly cry. <laughs> and he <laughs> can't, had no... <laughs> can't hug his family, right? Yeah, yeah, I feel that. That's 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 crazy. But yeah, man, I mean, props to him. He rode good the whole day. I mean, shit. I think he was like a second faster than anybody else. The fastest else. guy. He was yeah. the only dude Nuts. in the 43-second range. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to have ride that, rode that track on a 250F because, man, it was it was tight in some spots. A-Ray, I'm telling you, we need to make it happen. <laughs> oh, I know. It. I know. We, well, need a, we need a fill-in ride for A-Ray. I will. Let's uh, get it for the East Coast. Yeah. Fill-in ride, A-Ray, East Coast. Let's I'll write go. your letter to step back down and then give it to Pelletier tomorrow. Step back down and fuck. I could. I you could sign up. Down. Yeah. For, oh, you can. You did. Yeah. I thought you had the points thing. No, I didn't win any championships. Bro. Oh, okay. No. Well, you did shiz. What? And he still had to sign a letter. Well, Chiz is, it got a career number. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <No>. Fuck. <laughs> it's like 500 points. I don't know if I've had 500 points my whole career. You know what I mean? Like, shit. <laughs> you got to get that in like a year or something? I don't know. Well, you made 500 bucks. I did make 500 bucks. That's badass. Yes. Don gave me a bonus for, for making the main well, so, sticker deal. So, per the show last week, you know, we said, if you make it to the... 450 main from your heat, Swallow Alive will pay you $500. Well, and then, and then like, Don's like, yeah, there's no way he's making this bet because he sees, like, the freaking entry list or whatever. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I'm not losing 500 bucks. And then, like, he, and then you said, if you just make the main, I'll give you 500 bucks. Well, well, you're so on much. the starting grade. Yeah, I was on the starting On the starting grade for the LCQ, and I was just, just looking at Aaron, and he looks so sad. I'm like, hey, <laughs> pat him on the back. I go, hey, your bonus goes for the main event. Making the main. Yeah, there then we go. Boom. There we go. All you <laughs> gotta do is dangle a little carrot in front of A Ray, you know? Yeah. A lot of TV time. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. A lot of TV time. Lots of TV time for A Ray. You know, it was great for my sponsors HJC O'Neill, that new RDX 2.2 boot. <laughs> Blur Goggle. You know? Blur Goggle. You know, we got a lot of different sponsors this year. It's great. You know, it's sick. Hey, Tick, you kind of got it easy. All you have to do is thank Liat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. it's it's nice. I you mean, don't, you obviously, don't have to say there are some. Yeah, it's easy. Smart top bullfrog spas, Moto Concepts, Liat Racing. Yep, yep we're yep. good. So, uh, so Motorsport. your GoPro guy now. Oh yeah, you got a GoPro, huh? What was it like riding with the uh, Hero Nine on top of your helmet? Because it's a little bigger than the Hero Eight. Tick. Oh, uh, are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah. yeah I like, know they were allowed you, to run the you, GoPro. Did you I mean, race with the helmet? I've rode with it. Oh. Yeah, I've rode with uh, the, the 9 in the off season a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I took some video. Um, you can definitely feel it's up there, but, I mean, the quality of that camera, just Insane. taking even pictures, it's 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 pretty impressive. And all the uh, – I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. 
but all the settings it has and all that, like it, it is pretty, I think, I think it's consumer friendly. Um, and for the most part, it's like pretty self-explanatory just to, if you want to get some, some, um, content. Mm -hmm. You know, it's crazy is that camera films at 4k and, uh, so Malcolm Stewart just signed a GoPro personal contract. And he uh, he calls me last week. Where are you? I'm home at the grocery store. He goes, I'll be right there. And he <laughs> handed me his whole GoPro. He's ah, oh, I just signed with GoPro and I filmed this crazy moto today. And he gives it to me, and I'm like, oh, I could just take the card. And he goes, what's that? And I <laughs> open the side and I show him where the card is. And I go, go buy another one so that you know you can swap out. And so, but dude, the the dude filmed his moto in 4K, right? Mm-hmm. If it's filmed in 4K. Uh, maybe I'm doing something wrong, but I threw it in, and I scaled it down to a 1080, 1080 uh, sequence, right? Mm-hmm. And I put it out. And if you smash that big footage down in this little thing, it kind of screws it up. Oh, really? Because then I put it out, and it was like kind of like sometimes you see GoPros on YouTube and it's pixely. Yeah, that looked like that. Yeah, see, I always had that problem too. The and I'm just would like, always look like shit. Damn. So then he calls me, goes, because I I built him a YouTube channel. And he goes, he calls me, he's all, hey, it looked kind of jacked up. So I like go on it, I'm like, damn. So I Google, you have to do this whole different process to export a 4K video, and it took like two hours. Mm. But even like that giant video putting on YouTube, I thought it wouldn't matter, but it came out so nice on YouTube. But damn, it's big. It's big. It, it's it's hard to edit, hard to render, and all that stuff. But uh, So Tick, are you responsible for creating some uh gopro content for social media because your team is sponsored by them or do you just have to wear the camera um, and I, and think hand it over? I, I mean i don't have any obligations that i know of as of yet it's a question i want to bring up and actually something maybe i think would be cool for the team to do is maybe kind of like a team moto concepts like race day vlog kind of thing i think mm-hmm. if we had somebody to do that that would be rad um for us to just um yeah it would be cool to have obviously that's that's a huge thing right now for for content and i think a lot of people enjoy seeing what it's like to to be in the truck and to to see what it's like even even in these times where it's weird still with the fans and whatnot it's something for them to to grasp onto and and understand what we do during the day mm-hmm. very true that people do like the vlogs <laughs> and they are very aggressive in the comments Holy shit! I don't shit. think I don't think I don't think I'll have a vlog coming out very soon myself. Personally, Dude, you should uh, though. You should. You could just call it bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what is this talk of the Vinny and Benny vlog? Uh, it's just those. We two dude, those two are like yeah, two peas in a pod. Who now. Vince, Vince and Benny? Yeah. Oh, dude, they're Missouri State. Yeah, bro. They we we they, said we said we wanted to make a vlog, a eh, Ray. Oh, uh, God. Of Vinny and Benny. Dude, <laughs> wow, dude. That would probably be pretty funny because them two are pretty, they're pretty outgoing. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't think there would be a dull moment in that if, uh, if it was true. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny because, like, I mean, it's pretty much at the practice track. It's pretty much just, I guess, Vinny and Benny is yeah. what you call them. Them two just cracking up, making jokes the whole time, and then Brock's is Brock's just the one like laughing at him, and then and then Shane's just over there in the corner just shaking his head. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah that, that's how it is. <laughs> so, uh, Tick, did you know uh, Freezy much before you were on the team with him? 
a little bit over the years. Um, he's always, I mean, I've, he's always raced me, obviously, as a bad rat, but he's always raced me clean. And I've always, like, never had any altercations with him. So I think that helped, obviously, the situation for me coming mm-hmm. here. Um, but, yeah, it's been cool to to be part of the team. Benny is awesome. I think she, I haven't been around Shane too much because I only was on the bike for about three weeks um, until he got injured and then I got COVID. So mm-hmm. I missed a week of riding with him again. But I think as a whole, we have a variety of group of personalities Um and I think it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been cool for me. It's a little enlightening yeah, uh, for me because it's a fun environment. I yeah. I have, I have Benny who's 23, I believe Vince who's done it for a long time. And then you have Shane who it's first year 450. Um, and it's, it's, it's not that serious um, off, off the bike. And when we're at the track hanging out um, mm-hmm. with us, with us always riding together, we're around each other a lot. So, um, and then, for instance, um, staying in a house here in Houston with with um, Vince and Benny. So, <laughs> oh shit! We're around oh, the that's crazy. So I'm experiencing experiencing the the adventures of Vinny and Benny firsthand. First but uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. I'm I'm impressed. Like I said, with the team approach and the way everything has gone so far, I'm looking forward to to the to the year. I think it's exciting. Um, for myself and and for the group of people around me yeah hey so uh you know we did that poster shoot last monday yep and then <clears throat> shane got covid right after that right yep or maybe he had it that day and we didn't know it i don't know because chase also came down with it as well so i was like oh you got it from shane but did shane get it from you or you were well by mm. that time right no so i wasn't around um What's crazy is so the Friday that I rode um, before I got six, I, I think it was maybe the 18th um, of December. Um, Saturday, I woke up and felt some symptoms, but I didn't I didn't wasn't aware of it. And mm-hmm. then Sunday, I woke up and I'm like, I have a fever. I have body aches. I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. And I still had taste and smelled in. But that day I was supposed to drive up to HEP's track to do the race oh, simulation. That, yeah. So I wasn't around Shane, um, during the time I had symptoms. Um, and then I basically stayed home from that, from that Saturday, uh, until the, till the following Wednesday, I think is mm-hmm. whenever I rode. So it was a solid 10 days of me pre pretty much being quarantined. Uh, a lot of Grubhub, delivery even on christmas mm-hmm. uh, oh man that so, sucks. <laughs> so uh facetime family for christmas and etc but yeah a lot of uh xbox call of duty and tv shows and supercross racing was watched so um yeah that was pretty much my my experience of covid19 do you do you have any idea who you got it from i have no idea actually you um, probably got it at, from mike at roy's well so so Randy thought he had it come mm-hmm. to find out before I got it before. Yeah. So he brought his letter with him and the doctor was calling in, checking in with him the whole time. Um, he said, and got his letter from his that same place. He got tested and set. They set, made him feel like he was positive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he got his letter to get exempt for these races. And the letter says it was not detected. So, oh. 
So that was strange. Um, so I thought at first maybe I got it from him, but that's not the scenario because he didn't have it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Hey, Tech. So, okay. So you're in a position, like me, Don Ray are in different ones. I was shitting bricks on Thursday, like waiting in that COVID line to get my test done because, I mean, I'm excited to be at these races and go through all of it, and I would hate to get benched because I get, you know, test positive. Mm-hmm. Hey, Ray, you're in the same thing. Don, you're in the same thing. We got tests before we even came down here. How is it to have that off your plate? And then, A-Ray, for you, are you, like, a little bit more cautious now because you don't want to, like, have something happen and then get benched for? Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, we've got a lot of money riding on the line. I mean, this is our job. So, um, if I test positive, then I'm out for what? I mean, shit, three races possibly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's terrible. And then you got to retest and, and all that shit. So, for me, it's I'm like uh, I mean yeah I'm coming here I'm doing the podcast and everything but I mean we're we're pretty far apart we're good I mean we all tested and we're all good so I mean I feel like it's fine um, so yeah I mean I'm for sure taking the precautions I'm keeping myself isolated in my Airbnb and and trying not to go out or do anything you know crazy and you know limit myself so i mean yeah for sure i mean we're all taking this pretty serious i think we're taking it a lot more serious than we did at salt lake because oh, I mean, yeah because to, we, yeah. we yeah i mean we weren't getting tested every single time at salt but then lake plus at salt like, lake we didn't hardly know anyone that had it yeah exactly now like fucking everybody's got everyone's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just shit's like the funk dude it's well, that's something i'll bring up maybe you guys can i mean it's pretty gnarly to think you could have a guy going for the championship and halfway through the season miss three races because mm-hmm. he tested positive like that is kind of and it's gonna i'm not saying it's gonna be a top guy or anything but the possibility of it happening i think is pretty is pretty high yeah and i think that's gonna disrupt it's at one point it's gonna happen so um we'll see how it pans out but i obviously i'm obviously it sucked during my time because i because i didn't feel well and i did have some uh yeah, some physical afterwards that wasn't that didn't feel good. So for me, it was it was okay, and now I'm in a good position. But there are guys I know that have had it and don't feel anything. Like Shane, for instance, had it and he didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of uh, kind of one of those things. I think different blood types and maybe genetics or whatever play a part in all of it. But I mean, who knows at this point? <laughs> yeah, I you know I've taken that antibody test now twice. I still, I'm convinced I had it last February. <laughs> I mean, dude, I lived in the same house with my daughter like a couple months ago, and she had it. Yeah. I, I didn't do anything special, and I didn't get it, so yeah. I don't know. But the only time I've been paranoid about it is when I picked up my uh, my new mountain bike a couple of days after Christmas at Roy's, and I knew Mike had it at the time. Oh, so. your bicycle came in. Huh? Your bicycle came in. Yeah, mine came in. Yeah, mine hasn't. Well, <laughs> I wiped the whole thing down with alcohol wipes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Everywhere nice. where Mike might have touched it. Yeah. Before I rode. But, uh, so, here in Houston, I have to say it's, it's colder than I expected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on race day and race night, it was windier than I thought. That's why I didn't go outside. And it was super windy in your Airbnb. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming. No, we're not. We're not talking about it. Huh? We're not talking about it. We're not going to talk about it. No. 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 Just drop it. How are the hop ups? Good. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So, uh, all right. So, guys, we have uh, 
in less than 24 hours, you guys are going to be back on the track. Hell yeah. <sighs> Tick, are you guys, what are you guys wearing on Tuesday? I like the mint, mint gear. What did yeah, you think of like, that? Yeah, I thought it was I sick. Like, look like uh, Colgate toothpaste. It was good. Yeah, I thought, yeah, it was clean looking. I, I, I do like that pistachio color. Kind yeah. of. I don't know if that's what they call it, but kind of reminds me of pistachio ice cream. Yeah. And I do like it, so. But um, I think on on this race we're wearing red, and I don't know we're wearing the next one. But yeah, we have some cool. I have seen some of the drawn ups for for other races. We're wearing special gear, and it, I'm actually impressed with what Liat's done um, with the colorways and with the products, adjusting it for our, our liking and and whatnot. It's been um, it's been cool for us, I think, as a group, because obviously that's a question mark whenever you don't know. Yeah. Coming onto a team where it's required to wear head to toe. Yeah, I was surprised that I didn't – I haven't seen, like, even at the practice track or anything, I haven't seen Benny's knee braces and like, the whole time because usually, like, whatever pants he wears, the oh, whole, they come it, up. Yeah, mm-hmm. they come up. He's a big giraffe dude, so half the time his calves are showing whenever he's riding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, no, it's been it's been good for us. Um, you guys – I mean, Don, I don't know if you've worn the gear. It's actually really good. Um, We're O'Neill over some, here, bro. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, it's been good. Um, I'm excited for those. I, I always enjoy those one-off gear races. It it makes you feel, like, good. You're like, okay, I look good. Even if it's something that maybe most people don't like or, or do like. Yeah, whatever. You, know, yeah. you know what I like? Yeah. I, well, hey, I, if you're wearing the red and black tomorrow, that stuff's super clean. I think it looks good. I like that tiger stuff. I don't like the, that. The black and white. African tiger. Yeah, African tiger. There's no Africans in tigers, though. No tigers in Africa. Oh, yeah? There's just lions. <laughs> that's awesome, man. But, yeah, that's freaking – that's cool that they did the, the whole head-to-toe stuff. I mean, they even got the goggles, too, so I think it's sick. Mm. Cool. Yeah, it just makes it easy, too, for – I think – I mean, it does make it easier. Obviously, it's nice to have my own per- personal sponsors, and obviously I had to make some sacrifices to come here. But mm-hmm. now that I'm here, it's – this is what I've needed to to make myself – to put myself in the right situation to get the results I need, obviously I've talked about it before, but it, it would have been a lot of hard work to put my own deal together again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy. And with the way the level of racing is, it takes away from the edge that I could develop and have here. So um, I did exactly what I needed to, I think to, to have a, a solid year. Cool. Well guys, uh, yeah, I'm stoked. We get to watch racing tomorrow, but uh <clears throat> Thanks for uh, coming on the show, Brock. Thanks, Avery, for coming over to the Airbnb. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next Monday. Thanks for listening All to right. the uh, yes, Pro Taper Kickstart Podcast. Since 1991, Pro Taper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more.